Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh, serve fast, serve friendly, lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs Chow House. The recent success of the 2018 edition of the Kentucky Wildcats football team has conjured up many memories dating back to over 40 years ago when Coach Fran Kersey had the Wildcats rolling. The Cats were among the best in the late 70s, and that was due in part to a multi-talented quarterback out of Camden, New Jersey by the name of Derek Ramsey. In this three-part series, starting with episode 86, Oscar sits down with Derek to relive and reflect on a legendary career that broke barriers, produced wins, and provided the foundation to be just as successful off the field. Starting off with the 2018 Kentucky Wildcats, Derek shares his thoughts on the Kentucky football program moving forward and what the program means to him, former players, and a dear friend of Derek's. Originally from Hastings, Florida, Derek Ramsey found his way to Camden, New Jersey, and it was also Coach Fran Kersey who followed Derek's career, as well as a teammate of Derek's in high school. So how did one legendary coach influence Derek's decision to come to Kentucky? And of course, it was Derek having the last laugh later on. Leading the Cats to a Peach Bowl victory in 1976 and then leading the Cats to a 10-1 record in 1977. During his career at Kentucky, Ramsey was still being recruited to play in the Big Ten. But as Derek explains, he had other plans. And how did the 90-day appeal to the NCAA with Kentucky on the verge of probation work in the favor of the Wildcats? Derek addresses that as well as other topics throughout his career. We'll hear Derek describe his relationship with his father, his offensive coordinator, Perry Moss, and Wildcats star running back Sonny Collins, and how they all contributed to his success. Derek Ramsey and his teammates did something that had not been done since Bear Bryant was coach. History was made in 1976 and 1977, and once again, history could be made 41 years later. But for now, let's take a look back on this episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dog's Chow House, and his guest, Derek Ramsey. Being the quarterback of the greatest UK team since at least 1950, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel as an alum with this team coming up and about to become maybe the second team ever to your 77 team mm-hmm. to have a 10-victory season? Well, oh, I've told you over the years, I believe that we should be seven, eight wins every year. Uh, and from time to time, bubble up to nine, 10, 11 wins. So the thing that I'm most excited about right now is that we're not building a team, we're building a program. And so in years to come, now it's just a matter of replacing parts. And so I am more than excited to be where we are, but this is way, way overdue. I know you had a great 
bonding relationship with another great quarterback at Kentucky. Absolutely. The best Babe, quarterback. Babe Pirelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babe, without question, I, I think is the greatest quarterback ever to play at UK. And yes, I'm biased because Babe was my friend. And uh, when we won the championship in 1976, I got this call. I'd never spoken to him before, but I knew who he was. And uh, he said, Derek, I want to come, first of all, congratulate you for winning the SEC championship. He said, and second, I want to congratulate your team. He said, but third, it's been 26 years since this has happened. I hope there won't be another 26 years. And so here we are 41 years after I've left the University of Kentucky. But uh, this year was close, and I think our guys have gotten a taste of what championship football is about, what it takes to be a champion, how painful it is, because everybody wants to be there. Uh, The sacrifices that you have to make to become a champion. And so I spoke to the team back in the summer, and I shared with them, and I firmly believe this, that being this. You know, I told these guys, I said, when you lose we lose. When you hurt, we hurt. And we hurt simply because that blood that runs through you still runs through us. And I can speak for certainly the guys I played with, hell, they get as fired up as if we did 40 years ago. You know, there's that excitement there. There's that vigor there. And so I'm just excited at this point that I'm getting the opportunity to relive this uh, I just wish my friend Babe was here to relive it with me. How do you wind up at Kentucky? You you were born in Hastings, Florida. Yes. And you ended up in high school, at least your latter part, in uh, Camden, New Jersey. Camden, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, take me to that trail on going uh, from Florida. Originally, there. originally Hastings, Florida, as you mentioned. And Hastings, Florida is, for those that don't know, people think of Idaho for potatoes. Uh, In my city, when I was growing up, per capita, we grew more potatoes than any city in America. Uh, Population 750, 800 people. And we would win every year, going back to when my father played. Uh, I can't ever on record remember them ever having a losing season. I was a starter there my freshman year. We were 13-1 and one in state champs. I was a starter my sophomore year. We were 14-0 and 0 in state champs. But we played in the smallest division. And so while we were winning all the time, no one was getting, quote, unquote, the big scholarships. And so my sophomore year, I had this big tackle. And he ended up going to the University of Florida. That was the first guy. And so my high school coach said that, uh, you know, he was going back to Camden. And there I would get a lot more visibility. And if we could go up there and turn the football program around, I would be able to go anywhere in the country that I wanted to go to. Hastings, Florida. What part of Florida is that? Right outside of St. Augustine, North Florida. North Florida. Uh So a little bit of distance from Miami, Florida, where a young friend Kersey was at. No, Frank Kersey was at the University of Tampa at that time. At that time. Right. And did so, you know him uh, from, say, your high school days in Hastings? I did. And what happened, which was very, very smart in the state of Florida back then, oh, 
if you won a state championship, Florida would invite you to a game. Florida State would invite your team to a game. Tampa would invite you to a game. Uh, Miami would invite you to a game. And so we had gone those two years, and he had kind of followed my career. And, and a standing joke between Fran and I was that uh, I was the hardest recruit that he ever had to recruit because he had to recruit me twice. You know, he had offered me a scholarship as a sophomore when I was in Hastings. And, uh, of course, when I go to Camden, uh, he kind of followed me and my high school coach, and he had had some relationship. So when you when you get to Camden, uh, mm-hmm. I guess you meet another guy up there. That uh, This this guy that I made into a player, you mean that yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, he might yeah. not agree with you on that, but. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't agree with myself. I'm just saying it because he's not here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, no question, the, the greatest – defensive player ever to play at Kentucky, Art Steele, uh, my friend. And I'm not saying that just because he's my friend, but he was just that dominating. So a year before you guys end up at Kentucky, uh-huh. Fran takes a job at Kentucky. Right. And he brings a guy in with him from Florida, mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Warren Bryant. Uh-huh. If memories, that, that, that was pretty good, too. Well, if memory served me correctly, yeah. he had a bad injury his junior year in high school. Did not know that. And he was on everybody's chart. Okay. And and had something to do, I think, with his knees. Really? And a lot of schools fell off of him because they okay. just like, you know, and, and Fran stayed on him. Mm-hmm. And I think he played defensive tackle before he was injured. Really? Yeah, and the doctors mm-hmm. told him, you're not going to play again mm-hmm. at the level. Okay. And other doctors said, you know, if you play offense – there's things you can do. Okay. And they switch him to offensive tackle. Well, I am so happy they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's got him in the pocket. Right. And he's up here in 73. Right. First year, they're five and six. Mm-hmm. Second game of the Cursey era. Mm-hmm. They have Bear Bryant down 14 to nothing. I heard about that. In a new Commonwealth Stadium. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, a kid by the name of Shelby. Willie Shelby. Willis Shelby returns mm-hmm. the opening kickoff of the right. second half. Right. Runs it in. They finally tie Kentucky 14 to 4. Then they go up 21 to 14 early in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then Bear sort of uh, uh, big daddy Fran mm-hmm. on the ensuing kickoff. Mm-hmm. They put you straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky does not fair catch it. Mm. And Alabama goes on and just catches it. Okay. Takes it and runs it in. It's 28 14 game. Right. You know, but the impetus of that is he was starting out with Florida kids, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he starts getting ex-Florida kids right. who's up in Canada. <laughs> now, right. I've heard a million stories, and mm-hmm. you and I have tossed them back <laughs> and forth. <laughs> yeah. This is the real media time. Okay. Tell us all about your senior year and your recruitment, mm-hmm. where you looked at it, uh, and how you ended up at Kentucky. Was uh, it a package deal to start with? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, Art and I had decided wherever we went, we were going to go together. And uh, to premise that, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Coach said, if we can turn the program around, because Camden High School then and now is known for basketball. You know, we had this this great basketball coach who, when he passed, was the leading all-time winner uh, in uh, New Jersey history, that was Clarence Turner. That was the same guy that Milt Wagner, Billy Thompson, all those guys played for. Louisville lived off him for a while. Got that right. Got that right. And so our first year there, oh, we were two and eight. 
And what was so interesting about that is I would walk around campus because Camden High School, ninth to 12th grade, we had 4,500 students. And so these kids that know me from Adam. <laughs> and so we're two and eight, and the kids, they walk past me and say, man, they brought that big old quarterback up here, and they still terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next year we're undefeated in state champs. You know, and of course in basketball we were 28-1 and and won the state championship in that as well. So it was a banner year. But what happened was after having all that success, and there were a lot of other great players in the area, uh, one being Billy Banks, uh, we were all getting recruited by the same folk. Uh, another is Dwight Hicks. And all four of us were getting recruited by Penn State, by Michigan, and basically all the Big Ten schools. And so I wanted to play basketball and football. And Bo Schembechler originally told me that I could do that. And so as we get toward the end of the recruiting thing there, the, the week before the national signing date, he says, no, I want you to play football and football only. And so I was telling the coach, I said, I, that, that's not what I want to do. Because I knew I was going to get an opportunity to be a professional athlete. I just wasn't sure at what sport. And so I wasn't going to be limited. And so the deal was, he said, if you do not go to another Big Ten school, we'll let you out. Because we had signed a letter of intent back during football season to go to Michigan. So we were lock, stock, So you had a conference letter of intent. That's right. That's exactly right. Not the national, but the conference. That's right, conference letter. And then you signed the national that February or January or whatever the date was. And so Bill Banks ended up going to Penn State. Dwight goes to Michigan, and Art and I come over here. But wow. the scramble was, was because it was a week before, everybody was all pretty much set. And so that week of the national sign date, Fran said, well, where do you guys want to go? And I said, well, you know, we're counting on you to direct us on this thing. And there was a guy, his name was Leroy Keys. I don't know if you remember Leroy Keys, the great, uh, yes, you do. He was a great defensive back who played for Purdue and then played for played for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. He was dating our Spanish teacher at the time. And so I would always talk to Leroy when he would come to Camden High School. And I said, Leroy, if, if you had to do this all over again, where would you go? He said, the best players. He said, the Big Ten, there's some, you know, he says, mostly for linemen. He said, but the skilled players, the best ones in the country in the SEC. And so Vince Dooley had recruited me a little bit from Florida, kind of lost it. So when the national, that week happened, uh, what's his name that ended up going to? He was at Pittsburgh at the time, ended up going to Tennessee. Johnny Majors. Johnny Majors. Well, so, oh, I thought Co- you would remember that quicker than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought and you'd so, remember that quicker than that. So, uh, so uh, Coach called Coach Majors, Coach Dooley, uh, Coach Kersey, and about three or four of the coaches, and he said, "Well, guys, whoever you know shows up, but you guys want the SEC." Well, the first guy there was Fran. Well, now let me sort of hit a pause button there for you for a second. Okay. Uh, Joe Pa, was he in the picture anywhere? Uh, Joe Pa was in the picture for about five minutes. And the reason Joe Pa got out of my picture real quick, Art and I went over there for a visit during the season. 
And Joe Pa, he I respect his honesty. He said, Derek, uh, in that high pitched voice, Derek, I think you're a really fine athlete, but you can't play quarterback here. And uh, I said, All right, you can stay if you want. I'm out. I'm playing quarterback. And so that was the start and finish of Joe Pa in Penn State. Well, I, I'll throw in a little story here that I'd heard over the years from different okay. sources. And uh, we will get back because Joe Pa comes into the picture a little bit later. Oh, he sure way. does. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. And, uh, but the story I heard, uh, one of the stories was, is that's when coaches could sign you in person. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to sign it and mail it to right, them. Right. They could be right there for mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember a couple people telling me that, Fran, and, and I can't remember who it was with him mm-hmm. that signed you. Do you remember Nick, what? Nick Nicolau. Oh, Nick Nicolau. Mm-hmm. That they were in the Philadelphia airport mm-hmm. the morning that you had signed, after mm-hmm. you had signed, you mm-hmm. and Art, uh-huh. and was uh, at a gate ready uh-huh. to catch a flight back mm-hmm. to Lexington mm-hmm. through Pittsburgh. Right. And that, Good old Johnny. And that <laughs> when the door opened uh-huh. from that incoming flight from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. off stopped, off stepped. Johnny Majors. Right. And Johnny and Fran had been good friends mm-hmm. before right. and remained really good friends. Right. That comes into play again uh-huh. a year or two later. And Johnny said, well, Fran, what are you doing up here? And he said, oh, I've just been up here recruiting. What are, what are you doing here? Well, I'm I'm going over to look at two guys over in Camden. Mm-hmm. Well, who are they? Well, it's, <laughs> it's Derek Ramsey and Art Steele. And says, Fran, just as he can with his grin, open up his coat, uh-huh. reached in, he said, well, I've just signed two guys named Art Steele and Derek Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he uh, he loved that with uh, with Johnny. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and so you decide to come to Kentucky. Right. And Art does. Mm-hmm. And you guys brought in a ton of people with you, those two Well, years. we brought another guy uh, that that uh, that played with us, a guy named Dave Stevens. Or tough skin, as we tough called skin. it. Tough uh-huh. skin, and maybe we the, were looking. Maybe we were looking the maybe the greatest. And I'm going to be real kind here and say okay. I love him to death. Mm-hmm. And the dumbest play in the history of Kentucky that may have prevented us from, from winning the game, but we ended up getting the win back. Okay, Jackson, Mississippi. 1976, mm-hmm. Mississippi State 14, mm-hmm. Kentucky seven. Yep. You, I think, blocked a punt mm-hmm. in the third or fourth quarter. The yep, ball yep. is bouncing right in front of Kersey. Mm-hmm. And Kersey said, pick it up and run, pick mm-hmm. it up and run. Mm-hmm. And he comes over and just pounces on it. Yep. And that was the day where there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of movement of the offensive right, ball. Right. And a year later, you end up getting the win back because Mississippi State used the ineligible player that day. Uh, players. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think there were three of them. Yeah. But uh, Tough Skin was one of my favorites. Uh, incredible football player. But also, there were two other guys that were scheduled to come with us. We had a big fullback, Frank Green, that was going to come with us. Another guy we called Calvin Mad Dog Cook. He was coming with us. And so they decided they wanted to go their own route. And they uh, both of them went to Kansas State. Uh, didn't last long. They were there for a semester and came back. So now all this is going on in the uh, the winter spring of '74. Right. When you sign, you get mm-hmm. down here in the latter, latter part of or in the summer. Of I got in the summer. I got here the week after yeah. I graduated. 
And, Art and I. Yeah, and and tell me a little bit about that summer and that fall as freshmen. Uh, that summer, we worked for Featherlight Construction over in Winchester, and it was probably the hottest summer on record. And it was construction work, and we were making those uh, the medians uh, for this company. So you had the big steel cages, and it was hot as the dickens, but. The thing I learned most there that summer, uh, and I'm really thankful about that big old, I got this, uh, I got this hot tip on a horse over there at uh, the trots. And the odds were 20 to one. And I'd never gambled a bet before in my life. And I told Art, I said, hey man, I got this hot tip. You know, we go ahead and and uh, put a hundred dollars on this, and you know it's twenty to one, so we'll make two grand off this thing. And so I talked Art into it, and uh, our bring home at that time was about one hundred twenty dollars, one hundred twenty-five dollars a week. And that horse has not finished yet, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> that was forty-four years ago. Forty-four years ago. But the good thing that came out of that is that the only other bet I've ever made in my life was when this horse called Ramsey Storm was in the Derby. Other than that, I don't gamble at all. But you just couldn't lay off a Ramsey Storm. Couldn't lay off. <laughs> it, was, it was a long shot. I know it was only two bucks, so that I, I think I could afford that. So your freshman year here, yeah. Kentucky is 6-4 and four going into the last record season game. Mm-hmm. You make a bowl. No, we don't. I said, if you win, though. That's right. If you win, you make a bowl. That's right. And another painful loss to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Well, but the great part about that is, uh, and, and one of my dear friends since, I guess, my sophomore year, Condrish Holloway. Condrish and I still talk on the regular. From Tennessee quarterback. That's right. I, that game, uh, because the winner of that game was going to the Liberty Bowl. And after that game, I went home and called my dad. And I say, Dad, I think I've made a mistake. He said, what are you talking about, son? I said, Dad, the stuff that I saw this guy do today, there's no way I can do that. He said, I think you've gotten yourself a little too excited. He said, let's talk about it. He said, how big is he? I said, um, probably 5'9", 180 pounds. He said, how fast is he? I said, I don't know how fast he is, but he's very quick. He said, son, you're six four and a half. You're 205 pounds. He said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that just yet. But I was just amazed at what he could do. And so then, of course, you fast forward to my sophomore year. I get to start against him, and they end up beating us, I think, 14 to 10 that year. You, you 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 keep referring to your dad. Yes. You must have had a wonderfully close oh, relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad, oh, from what my dad and his friends used to do every Sunday, they would watch pro football together, and I would get a chance to sit with my dad with his three or four friends, and I would sit and watch football all day with him and. And, uh, you know, he would tell his friends, this guy is going to be a pro football player. And they go, yeah, 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 Rudy, right, right, right. 
But I would just sit there because my dad was a great football player in our community. And uh, he would just talk to me about the game. Why this play? Why that happened? Why this happened? I always had a million questions about why. And he would always answer. And so, yes, we would go to high school games together. We would go to college games together. And, of course, during my career here, he was up here frequently. And as a pro, uh, he would come and see me play frequently. So, yes, my dad was a driving force when it came to sports for me. Your first two years here, you had a teammate by the name of Alfred Sonny Collins. Yes. You know, an interesting part about that is I talked to Terry when uh, we brought Terry in here. The comfort of Sonny was that as a young quarterback, that's your blanket. You know, when you can hand the ball off to a guy like that and all the attention is on a guy like that. And so it helped me tremendously as a sophomore to understand what big-time football was about because he was a guy that they weren't expecting me to throw the ball down the field. They weren't expecting me to make big plays. But with this guy, it was just a comfort. Had he come in with you instead mm-hmm. of before you? Uh-huh. You ever wonder about what if in that 76 season? Well, you know, they tried to redshirt Sonny, and Sonny and I have talked about this for years. Uh, had Sonny played with us in 76, he probably would have won the Heisman. Probably. I mean, he Because was, he got hurt his junior year, the last couple games, senior year. Right. The last couple games. Right. And his marks would have been off the charts. You got that right. If he'd had a couple more games. And he didn't well, have the fortune of playing in bowl games. Well, and also if he would have had the offensive line that we had in 76 and in 77. If he had that line, and not to say that the line was bad, because, heck, he was the sophomore of the year. So – well, the Kentucky's never had a line like 76, 77. Right. Or even close to it mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. it on both sides. Right. And we all know at the end of the day, if you play a CC football, the games are won and lost in the trenches. Right there. Right there. You know, and, and also what's interesting, though, is that, you know, when you look at that depth issue, which is always the issue in SEC, but with Marilovich and Pat Atchebury, our injuries were really limited. You know, in the four years there, I had a sprained ankle and I had a separated shoulder in that Florida game our senior year. That was it in four years. I mean, if you if you bought into Atchebury's program, you stayed healthy. You know, you have those freak accidents, but, but injuries. But aside from that, if you did what he told you. You could see the nucleus of this team really mm-hmm. coming together. 74, 75, thought it was there. Things happened. Well, but, what but do you the, remember the most about that? The interesting part about 75, I probably was the only person that said that next year we're going to have a great team. Because if you remember, you take Florida out of the mix, those other seven games we lost, we lost by less than 40 points combined. Yeah, I mean, mm. you were within a touchdown of winning six, seven games. That's right. That's right. And, yeah. and was that just – inexperienced factor down at the end not uh, yet there or no also if you look at it <clears throat> the majority of the team that year in 75 they were my classmates so we we're all young because in 74 art was a starter as a freshman Saganos was a starter as a freshman dallas owens was a starter as a freshman jerry blanton was a starter as a freshman 
Uh, Kovac later became a starter that year. So by 75, our class had basically taken over the team. And so the, the, the culmination of it all was Perry Moss when he came. I mean, we had a great defense, but on the offensive side, you know, uh, we run this veer that I was awful at because of my size. Stuff was happening too quick for me. Guys, Sonny would step on my foot. I'd fumble. I mean, it was just happening too fast for me. How big uh, – how much did the loss at, to Auburn at home in and around the Elmore Stevens thing was a distraction to the team? Uh, not really because we were young guys and some of the guys got interviewed. I mean, it was somewhat of a distraction, but it was more of a distraction for the older guys. For us freshmen and sophomores, you know, I played with Elmore one year. Elmore was my big brother, but once he had left, he just kind of left. Yeah. And so when this happened, yes, it was a distraction, but not to the point of what people think it was. Because did, did, was for it, young what, guys, when we want to win, I mean, that, that, that wasn't part of winning. But for the young guys – not being around was the fact there were the Texas around and, and all that stuff. I mean, you're still 18, 19 years old. Yeah, but none of us young guys got uh, – I was never interviewed. No one ever questioned or asked me anything. Uh, and the guys that I was close to, Art, Jerry, Bland, Dallas, those guys, nobody ever asked them anything. And so it was more so the upperclassmen, Sonny and that class, not us young guys. How, how did that factor in – eventually to the probation that uh, Kentucky got. Was, was that any kind I of have, I have, I have no idea on that one. I have no idea. The um, we, we, we come back and we go into 76. Uh-huh. And as a result of that, or at least a part of it, the NCAA's mm-hmm. around there investigating. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I rem- if I remember correctly, it was sometime in the fall of 76, mm-hmm. either right before or just as the season was starting. They came in and did the findings mm-hmm. on the investigation. They mm-hmm. determined you were going to be banned from – a year from postseason play, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to happen in '76. Mm-hmm. But there's a 90 day period in there where you can appeal it, mm-hmm. and if you appeal it, mm-hmm. then obviously the probation is not going to be that year, but the following year. Mm-hmm. And the way well, and the how? way it worked out mm-hmm. was Fran was able to wait and see if you were going to be good enough to get to a bowl. Mm-hmm. I think the deadline was like December the 10th or something mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. could appeal it Mm -hmm. and so he could afford to wait until whether or not you won the tennessee game because you lose tennessee you're not going to bow right and of course well we'll get to it a little bit later but ultimately decided to burden hands were two in the bush which Mm -hmm. we find out 2020 that was wrong Mm -hmm. but well in that after that tennessee game there was kovach there was myself there was coach kersey there was doc singletary and Cliff Hagen. And that's when the decision was made there. You know. Uh, so you you all as a group? We, we all were there after, after that game. And uh, But, I mean, was that done in Knoxville or was that done in when Knoxville. you got back? This was in Knoxville. After the game? Mm-hmm. Okay, because well, I remember mm-hmm. at the game 
that the people in the Peach Bowl, mm-hmm. it was they were going to hand an invitation to whoever won the game. You were both right six and four. Right. And uh, Johnny Majors, not Johnny, but Bill Battle did get a sheet handed to him after the game. Mm-hmm. But it was his termination paper. <laughs> right, right. You know, right, right. and you guys got to bid to the uh-huh. – so what you're saying is before you accepted it, you got together. Right. And uh, they they then wanted to, because we hadn't been to a bowl in 26 years, uh, this was an opportunity. And uh, I, certainly from Fran's perspective, uh, he felt that they should have fought harder. Uh, he didn't felt that he didn't feel that uh, uh, we deserved probation of any sorts. Uh, now, still to this day, I don't know what the heck it was for, uh, but. You know, in hindsight, uh, uh, as I look back, but our senior year, 77, uh, we would have beat anybody in the country. Baylor, well, Baylor got to us early. And, uh, but go ahead. Go ahead. Let, let's, let's go back to the 76 season uh-huh. for a moment. Yep. Uh, that, that was a game where uh, you guys uh, really come of age early on. I mean, you, you, you beat. Well, we, we, we came of age from the start. I mean, we, we came out of the gates against uh, Oregon State and just kicked the holy crap out of them. And uh, I told Coach Kersey. Well, you know, that was all because that was the day I started to catch balls. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. That was uh, the well, day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and I, I, I have blamed Coach Kersey for uh, our Baylor loss and uh, well, now, now back to 76 now. No, stay with me. Stay okay. with me. Okay. I blame them for our Baylor loss. Uh-huh. I blame them for the year before our Maryland loss. Okay. Uh, and whoever else, because in the nine years Fran was here, Big O, I don't know if you remember this, he never won game number two. Wow, I did not realize that. In nine years. I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah, so it was his fault. Yes, we lost I, 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 I believe I, I believe you. I, okay. I agree. Now that year, the third and the fourth games, you all had two really solid wins. First of all, you beat West Virginia. Yeah. And they were they were big time independent at that time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then you came back and did took on the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Uh, the juggernaut, Penn State, really? Penn, what yeah. juggernaut? Well, I, I, I'll get around to that, and I can't remember where. Well, let it me was, tell you, let me tell you about this juggernaut. Well, let me just say this first, yeah. though. Now, I mean, I know you won't spend <laughs> two hours on this, and I, I correct me as to which one, but either after this game mm-hmm. or the one the next year mm-hmm. in in Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you at the end of the game, you in addition to shaking the hand of your opposing quarterback, uh-huh. you looked up a guy named Joe Pa. I did. In Tell 70, me what you told in me. In '76, I looked up Joe Pa, and uh, because again, Joe had told me that I could not play quarterback at Penn State, and so I ran to the center of the field and I grabbed Coach's hand and I said, "Hey, Coach, not bad for a guy that can't play quarterback, huh?" And he kind of looked at me and snatched his hand back and walked off. <laughs> yeah. How big – I mean, that, that's that got to be the ultimate feeling for any athlete is when somebody tells you you're not good enough to play for them. Right. And you take it to them and hand it to them. That's, that's right. You know, and unbeknownst to us, I, I didn't know that Penn State was on, on our schedule. But uh, when I got the opportunity, because in 75, big old – uh, 
after that Penn State game, I got benched for six weeks. And so in 76, that was redemption because well, we now, were one, two, and one when I got benched. Now, by the time you got here, and this was when you started going up, you had a guy by the name of Perry Moss here. Yes. Tell me what he meant to you both Perry, personally and uh-huh. professionally. Perry, uh, in 1975, we're down at the University of Florida. And the first half, Florida just handed it to us. They're up uh, 32 to nothing. And so Cliff Heide got injured, John McGrath got injured, and Mike Shutt got injured. And so Fran comes to me and says, Derek, you're back in. And so I was able to put up eight points in the second half. And I'm walking off the field. And this guy named Perry Perry Moss walks up beside me and says, you don't know me? My name is Perry Moss. He said, I had a guy like you uh, many years ago in Minnesota named Sandy Stevenson, whom I remembered. And he said, "Uh, just give me a chance. He said, and uh, we're going to put in an offense that I think fits your abilities. And uh, if it works, great. If not, we walk away, nobody mad. Because as I mentioned to you, you know, I was all set to transfer to Michigan that January. Um, how did Michigan come back into the picture? Well, they came into the picture, one, because, you know, I knew – uh, originally, Bo wanted both Art and I to come over there. He just wanted this whole basketball thing in my mind to go away. And so uh, Dwight Hicks, Dwight and I were friends. We played against each other in high school. And uh, Hickey and I would, would stay in contact. And and uh, so that's that's basically how I got, got back on the table. Years later, Bo Sinbeckler wrote an autobiography. Mm-hmm. Did you have the opportunity to read it? No, I didn't, but I've heard about it. You've heard about it? Yes. Your thoughts on that part? Well, my, my thoughts are, one, that I never had a conversation about what Bo alleged. Uh, he allegedly had talked to my high school coach, and allegedly there were some monies that were supposed to have changed hands, but uh, Art and I never saw that, nor did we ever talk about that. And I've asked my coach about that, and, of course, he still adamantly denies it, so – uh, that's a he said, she said kind of a deal. But it's nothing that uh, Art and I ever had a conversation about. Tell me tell me a little bit about after you beat Tennessee. Uh, in 76? Well, in 78. First of all, mm-hmm. let's go through that game. Because, yeah. you know, that game, you're, you're setting there. And, again, I think this is a testament as to how difficult it is for Kentucky to beat Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You guys are a, more than a touchdown better than Tennessee. Mm-hmm. In both 76 and 77. Mm-hmm. And hey, you well, won, we'll, and you we'll, won we'll, by less than a we'll, touchdown. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that 77 years. Yeah, a little uh, bit later. 77 and 76, totally two different years. Big O, in that game, uh, and I'm sure you remember this, we're down on the far end zone there. And I got all of my upper torso in the end zone twice – and they said forward progress had stopped. So it was some great officiating being done that day. They and always so, get good officiating in Neyland yeah. Stadium. And so how but, we beat them was that I finally threw a pass out in the flat to Woods, and he ran for 70 yards, 
And they, they were looking around to see if there's anybody that they could call a clip or something on to call a playback, which they couldn't. Uh, it seemed to me like that Tennessee's punter was mm-hmm. punting out of their end zone the entire game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mm-hmm. defense that mm-hmm. game, even their defense was great. Oh, yeah. But Kentucky's yeah. defense was yeah. even better. Mm-hmm. Well, but we that, that, that was our signature back then was great defense. And uh, as we get into the 77 season, I'll, I'll talk about that more. But we've just always had solid defense. You know, but the great thing about my experience with Perry Moss, uh, he allowed me to mature. Uh, but more importantly, what he did when he came in, as to continue that conversation when, when we walk on the field, uh, he said, uh, I'll be there after the Tennessee game. And uh, we're going to get started at 6 o'clock that Monday morning. So from 1st of December to the middle of March, which is when we go out for spring ball, I was meeting with Perry Moss, just he and I, five days a week. And so by the time spring football started, I knew the entire offense. You, the, you, your first part of December, you're preparing for North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And the Peach Bowl. No, 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 no. This is 75 I'm oh, speaking okay. of. It's okay. 75. But but at the end of the 76 season. Right. Uh, you're preparing for the Peach Bowl. Right. Um, did you ever dream that the reaction in Kentucky would be what it was, that you were finally going to bowl roughly 26 years later? Later. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the people in that stadium mm-hmm. – Never saw that right life bowl game right and and of course Peach Bowl then was significant was I mean it was mm-hmm. probably the fifth largest bowl beyond right. the Big Four right and uh, played a good North Carolina team right coldest day I've <laughs> ever been in a right. football stadium mm-hmm. and I think the night before I think Kentucky played Notre Dame in basketball right and and we were at the Marriott Marquis in Atlanta uh huh. And they literally shut the doors and the, the balcony was swaying mm-hmm. that night before. And, and I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, 37,000 people mm-hmm. going to a bowl game from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You, you had know, to feel it. One of, the, one of the greatest things of my UK days and years, the winning was great. Playing with these incredible players was great. But the thing I got most satisfaction was that, as you mentioned, over those 26 years, these long-suffering fans, you know, for us to be able to reward them for their support for all of those years, that was the most satisfying part to me. You just finished episode 86, part one of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dog's Chow House. Our many thanks to Derek Ramsey, and you'll get to hear more from Derek in the next two upcoming episodes of Conversations. Those will be episodes 87 and 88. More great episodes of Conversations about Kentucky football are currently available to you. That includes episode two with Joe Bryant, episode 24 with Dave Hopewell, and episode 75 and 76 with Sonny Collins. Those episodes and more are available at oscarcombs.com. 
conversations are also available through your mobile and connected devices in Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Search for at Wildcat News and subscribe, and the latest episodes will be automatically downloaded. Oh, on Twitter, he's at Wildcat News. Give him a follow for everything on the Big Blue. I'm Bo Robinson, thanking you for listening to this episode of Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs Chow House. And as always, go Big Blue.